Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush is a podcast where we explore what it means to win at both work and life. Today, you get to choose how to create a life of meaning and self-expression that includes both your work and life outside the office with your family. In this episode, I'll be talking to Andrea Quay, Senior Director, Global Category Lead, Coffee, at the Coca-Cola Company. She's coming to us all the way from Dublin in Ireland, where she recently moved all the way from Johannesburg in South Africa. While she has led growth strategies and executed multi-billion dollar brand turnarounds and acceleration for major brands, what I really want to focus on today is her commitment to authentic leadership that has helped her to win at both work and life. Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nikki. Wonderful to be here again. (laughs) It's fabulous to have you with me today. And I'm interviewing you because at a networking event, I bumped into a colleague called Laurie Milner and we were talking about authentic leadership and she told me about you. So word of mouth, your reputation precedes you. And she spoke to me about the fact that you are one of the most authentic leaders she has ever come across. And so I started Googling you and I went onto LinkedIn and I looked at your profile and hey, there I found this article that you published on LinkedIn about a year ago, which absolutely epitomized what she was actually saying to me. The picture has you lying in a bath with all these plastic balls from a ball pond surrounding you, kicking your legs up with this huge vivacious grin on your face. And the article is entitled, Dancing on Tables. Now, here I am talking to a global executive about dancing on tables. (laughs) What is the link here to authenticity? The link to authenticity is that it's all about your identity and who you are, right? So I am not only a global marketing leader. I'm not only a businesswoman, a corporate businesswoman. I'm I'm an individual and I have a personality, right? And my personality is I am vivacious, I am loud, and I love to have fun. But when I first started working at Unilever, it was my first job. I was so grateful to have been chosen to be part of the graduate program that I was a, well, firstly, I was like, I so don't deserve to be here. And actually, that's one of my superpowers is I have to work twice as hard because I'm like, I don't deserve to be here or 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 not not that I don't deserve to be here. But there's always a little bit of the imposter in me that I need to kind of shut out. And the best way to shut him out is to work really hard. But but we can talk about that later. And so I would get to the office. I would sit at my desk. I'd be really quiet. I would barely speak in meetings. I would dress in a very professional way and, you know just do what I thought was expected of me. You know, I'm going to this big conglomerate um, and I got this incredible job, so I've got to behave professionally. And uh, one evening I went partying with some friends and one of the senior marketing managers saw me dancing on a table. I was dancing with my friends um, and she looked at me and she said, who's this person and why doesn't she come to work? And it really hit me that uh, actually I do need to bring more of myself to work. And when I did, I felt that I was more in flow. I felt that I brought a much more unique angle into things. And I felt that I could be at my best. 
And so um, it's, you know, this whole thing about dancing on tables has always been a metaphor for me about bringing my authentic self to the workplace. I love that because it is about bringing your whole self to the table. It's about not leaving half of you at home Mm -hmm. because that's the really important half of you that makes you distinct and unique. Totally. And I think that's, uh, that's to be celebrated, but you know, as you say, I mean, it's, you, you get to a place in your confidence, I guess, where you know, you can bring your whole self to the table. And I mean, I remember early in my career when I was in my twenties and those were the, the power dressing years, you know, the early, mm-hmm. the late eighties, yeah. um, when we wore big shoulder pads as women, yeah, 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 because, yeah. because we had to find a way to be authoritative in a room and we had big hair and big shoulder, <laughs> shoulder pads. And we didn't know how to bring ourselves to the table. Mm. And it, mm. it is so freeing these days to be able to be yourself. No, totally. And, you know, so it's, and it's such an interesting thing because this lesson about authenticity, I've learned not just at that moment, but throughout my career. Um, I remember when I was at uh, SAB, uh, we used to have these kind of sales conferences. And in these sales conferences, you had to stand in front of um, 1,200, 1,300 sales men, I would say, you know, beer is a very masculine environment. And I remember the first presentation I did, I wore a suit, I power dressed, and I had the most incredible speech, if I have to say so myself, that actually people remember me by. And it was during the calling days. And the theme of my speech was not on my watch. And not on my watch, am I going to let this brand decline? So I positioned myself as a protector and a champion of Carling Black Label, whilst everybody else had given up on that brand. And I remember the way I dressed. I had a suit. I did have heels because I thought, you know, that would make me look better. And if I look at my presentations over the years, I was at SAB for 16 years. I did conferences for 10 years. By the 10th year, I was wearing a flowery dress. So, you know, you talk about bringing your full self and having the confidence to bring your full self. It's a lesson that we all learn over and over and over again. It never stops. We are always in a process of becoming more of who we are. Because Mm. let's face it, in your early career, you're still discovering yourself uh, and still learning to dance the dance. Mm. And it does take time to build up that confidence uh, to, as you say, to be bold enough to wear that floral dress and still be the power broker that you are. Yes. But then you had also built up a track record. That's it. And people had come to know you and know how consistent you were or how consistent you are in the workplace. Mm. So whether you're Mm. wearing the power suit or the floral dress, your brand values for Andrea Quay remain the same. Totally, totally. And, you know, uh, the other thing about working in like a beer environment and an alcohol environment is that women, we are a minority and there's a lot of alcohol. And uh, you have got to realize that your guard has to always be up, you know? So on one side, I'm talking about being your authentic self and freeing and liberating who you really are, but you've also got to understand the environment that you're in. And, you know, you talked 
initially about my reputation. My reputation is the only thing I have that nobody can take away from me. I am the only one that can give away that reputation. And, um, and so throughout my career, even now, I don't totally let go in social environments because I could lose my reputation like this. And I'm not prepared to do that. It's something that I hold dearly to. You know, you won't find a scandal about me, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately. Um, or, you know, I, I, uh, I'm very values driven. And I think over the years, it's even become more and more rein reinforced. Yeah. So it is about being authentic, but it's also about understanding the environment you're in and what is your reputation and how are you going to guard that reputation? Mm -hmm. So protecting your story, protecting the narrative around you, both in the personal context and in the professional context, because they're all part of the same human story. Totally. And trying to find that consistent thread between the two so that you are not one thing at work and one thing at home. Mm. And that leads me to asking you about your home life because you are married and you do have two daughters. So how does Andrea Quay show up at home? Gosh. And it's quite <laughs> something. You've got daughters. And I always think, yeah. I always say to young girls and young women who have mothers who, who, who are bold and courageous and who stand out, your mother wasn't born wearing this jacket. It was a process yeah. to get there. And mm -hmm. I sometimes think it can be quite hard for our kids to look at us and go, how am I going to emulate that? Mm -hmm. But they've got to understand that there's been a journey to get to that place. Yeah, no, um, I think, so two things. The first one is the most important career decision you can make is who you marry, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And boy, did I choose well. I married an incredible individual with a strong sense of self-confidence that is a true partner. So this thing about, you know, women having a specific role and uh, women not, you know, my husband followed me here. And I don't see him as anything less. In fact, I see him as so much more. Mm. Career-wise, he's more successful than I am. But he's like, yeah, let's just take this adventure together. So, so who you marry and uh, who your partner is, is probably the most important career decision you make. And my husband always shows me the mirror in a very gentle and a very loving way, you know, from a very loving place. But he definitely keeps me honest, you know. Uh, so, um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is I think being the mother has be, being a mother has been one of the most transformational experiences in my life, because exactly as you say, I am not one to freely share my vulnerabilities. It's just like, I work at that. I've learned to do that over time. And I do it in a very logical way. Like I'm not a, I'm not a crier. Uh, I just don't share my weaknesses so, so openly. And I realized that with my children, I had to share 
the backstory, what's happening in my head. What you see is not the conversation that's happening in my head. And so learning to be vulnerable with them and explaining to them that actually I'm doing this and I look powerful and brave, but I am scared of failing. You know, I am scared I will be rejected. Um, And this is how I'm dealing with those fears and really taking them through the backstory. And so my kids know all of that about me. Um, And they've taught me to share that with people that I work with sometimes as well. You know, because often people put you on a pedestal and, and then you're not allowed to make any mistakes. And it's a really stressful kind of situation to be in. And so they, they taught me that. My eldest daughter taught me to be more vulnerable in order to give her permission to be more vulnerable, to come to me with her problems. Otherwise, they don't because they're like, this chick has got it all sorted. Such an important piece of wisdom that. And, and so true. You know, I think our children are like the acid test. They come in as mirrors for us. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just as you said, your husband is a mirror for you. Your children are also a mirror for you. And as much as we are teachers to them, I think that if we are humble enough, we might find ourselves uh, learning at their feet too. Not that Mm -hmm. we aren't always in the authoritative position, but there is so much wisdom that children can impart because they don't have the same filters that we have. There's a spontaneity to them and they are unbelievably perceptive. Mm. Uh, You can't pull a fast one on children. They can smell before it even happens that there's something up. So you might as well tell them, I'm going through a really tricky time right now. This is the challenge I'm facing. And so I might be a little bit irritable around you right now, Mm. or I'm Mm. extra tired right now because I'm on a big deadline. And if you can actually sketch that out for your kids, they are far more understanding and supportive of your journey. Mm. And, and, and also, you build their confidence, right? Because you're taking them in your, like you, you, you are sharing your weaknesses with them, but you're also teaching them um, that I see them as partners. You know, I think it's such an important thing as you bring up kids for them to understand that they're valued. And as you said, that they have value to add. And if they, if they realize that with you, when they go into the world, they will know that within themselves, they have, they have value. That reminds me of a line I use, which is that children are not born empty vessels. Mm. They come in full of personality and profound wisdom. Mm. And they are not clones of you. They are actually their own person. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and we are the custodians of that and helping them to express who they are. So it's very interesting to hear you say that you need to take your children on that journey with you so that they can see you in the process of evolving and becoming. And it really is important that they know that this has been a journey and it hasn't mm-hmm. always been straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've taken your family on this journey from Johannesburg to Dublin, Ireland. Mm. And that in itself takes bravery and courage to step away from the known world 
into the unknown. Tell us about, uh, you know, that step for you. So I believe that travel and living in different environments gives you a really, a much broader context on the world. And as our children develop and as they grow, they're going to be global citizens. And so I wanted to give my children um, a global experience. And I remember we traveled to Italy. Um, when was it? Uh, my kids were, and I was 11, I'll just say what, five, six years ago. And my youngest daughter, we were waiting for the helper to come and clean the house that we kind of hired. And this woman walks in. So my children are obviously black children. This woman walks in and we're like, oh, there's the helper. And she was this blonde lady. And my daughter said, oh, I'm a bit shocked. I thought helpers were only black. You know, and that perspective, if you're a child that has never left South Africa, you will never understand that. And if you are a black child that only sees that, what does it do for your view of the possibilities in this world? And for me, that was such a pivotal moment. And yes, it is, it is super brave. And I think I only realized how tough it was when I got here because I'm like, oh, I've traveled my whole life. Like I was born in Ghana. I lived in Brazil. I went to university in France. I can travel. I've got no problems with traveling. And when I got here, I just realized how, what a big change it was and how difficult it was. So I think I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of doing it. I just saw the opportunities that it would bring and the context and the, you know, the, the, the opening of perspectives that it would give my children. And so, yeah, that's, that's why we did it, you know. Yeah, and so that little story and that little example just kind of shows you what travel does and how important travel is. A hundred percent, because you only mm. know what you know. Mm. You don't know what you don't know, and what you don't know is way bigger than what you actually know. Exactly. And being prepared to step out of your comfort zone in some way, shape, or form, which might mean not necessarily leaving your country, it mm -hmm. might mean leaving your town, it mm -hmm. might mean accepting a job in a new business where mm -hmm. you don't know anyone, uh, it could be stepping into a new relationship. Mm -hmm. Because as much as, you know, there's all hearts and roses, actually, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, if this becomes a full-time relationship, it changes everything. And so living with disruption and change, I think, is a normal part of growth. If you want to grow, you have to be brave enough to step into different spaces in order to experience yourself differently. Totally. And it's so painful. You know, and when you're feeling that pain, I always remind myself, this is what growth feels like. And I'm like, I don't want to grow anymore. Isn't you it know? sad that as human beings, some of the biggest lessons in life come at the feet of pain, disappointment, and frustration. It doesn't Maybe. happen when things are going, you know, smoothly. It happens when we shift gear or when we change spaces. So, so you know, good on you for, for taking on the challenge and for your family for supporting you in this. And as you mm. said, uh, you know, your husband has followed you and he's been 
a, a very high powered business leader um, for many, many years. And he's chosen to take a sabbatical for a while, mm. which mm. is also a mindset shift that these days we can entertain. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, I remember a few years back, I thought, oh, these bloody millennials always wanting a sabbatical. I also took a sabbatical. Um, you need one. You know, uh, my husband's been working, what, for 29 years. I've been working for 23 years. You do need a break. Because if you are ambitious, and we both are, um, and, you, and you're always at that uncomfortable space of growth, you need some time to just, just simmer. To breathe. And so, yeah, to breathe, <laughs> to breathe and to simmer and just, you know. So um, it's incredible. You know, he has, a, he has a list of the top 100 books that he wants to read. I think he's read about six or seven of them already. So, yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, taking a sabbatical with purpose and purpose about your self-development and yourself, you know, is yeah. super important so that you're still growing. And I think the other thing about being able to take a sabbatical is having saved enough you know, having saved enough uh, to be able to not work for six months and for a year without it putting you under huge amounts of financial stress. Mm, mm, mm. So really investing in your future self so that you can take time off to perhaps reinvent yourself at some stage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And reinventing yourself sometimes means stepping back, uh, taking a breath, shifting perspective, doing different things. Uh, and in fact, if you if you read that book called Stealing Fire, and I can't uh, I can't remember who the author was, but they talk about um, chief executives uh, going to places like Burning Man in Nevada mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. Africa Burn here in the Karoo, yes. and just doing something out of the ordinary that shifts your perspective. But going back to uh, reinvention, um, it doesn't mean you have to abandon your history or your values if you reinvent yourself you mm -hmm. can take all of that with you how do you how do you talk about that yeah no totally reinventing is because you know the world changes uh if i look at marketing the way marketing was when i first started versus the way it is today it's so much more complex the media landscape is so much more complex consumers don't want you know you to be selling stuff to them in a very um in a very kind overt of way overt way they want you to fit in with their lifestyles so you you have to reinvent your view of the world to be able to you know, to feel comfortable in that environment that is not as linear, that is not as simple, that is quite complex. Um, yeah, so 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 the world is changing, and I just gave you kind of a work uh, a work environment. But I think, you know, as a, as an individual, um, the world in cha is changing in terms of mental health. And what we consider things that damage your mental health. You know, I just thought to be stressed, and I talk about a superpower. I thought to be stressed was my superpower because I could channel that into performance. And actually, it's not okay to feel stressed all the time. 
And you've got to be able to find a balance and you've got to be able to find things that help you de-stress without making you be laissez-faire, obviously. But those things I didn't know before. I'm only learning now. And my 11-year-old knows so much more about managing mental health than I do. So I learned from her. Yeah, because it's an open secret now. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in, in, in your youth, it was never discussed. But it's interesting that you talk about, you know, working really hard. In fact, I believe that we learn quite quickly what an adrenaline rush feels like. And when you work under intense pressure for a long time, you don't know how to operate without that. And it's because that adrenaline that's been coursing through your system, when it isn't there anymore, you don't know how to perform. And it actually becomes a form of addiction. Totally, totally. And I don't think people are aware of what that feels like. And I I had an example earlier this week. Now I'm a speaker for a living. I stand up and and I speak. And I had bronchitis on the weekend and I had no voice. And on Monday, I had to deliver a three hour workshop. Jesus. And of course, you know, my heart was in my mouth on Sunday and I was doing everything I could to preserve my voice. But on Monday, I did everything I could in the morning, took and swallowed everything I needed to, drank what I needed to drink in order to free up my voice. My voice was crystal clear for three hours. And I said afterwards, we underestimate the power of adrenaline Mm -hmm. because it is a drug and Mm. it can make all sorts of things happen that are were previously, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't, I had no adrenaline on Saturday and Sunday. It couldn't save my voice. And on Monday, it came in and it saved my voice. Uh, And as soon as the adrenaline wore off, a couple of hours later, I was coughing myself silly. I can only put that down to adrenaline. Totally. I think that's an incredible story, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Is interesting. Now, you speak about the the three C's of authenticity, confidence, consistency, and courage. Can you unpack those for us? Um, Yeah, you know, I think the, the thing about being comfortable in your authenticity is that um, you have got to be confident in who you are and you've got to value the things that make you you. And I remember thinking, like, I like to laugh, I'm fun, I'm bubbly. I mean, how does that add value? That's not important. I'd rather be intense, analytical, have an impact on people, you know. So, like, you kind of assign value to to things. And I never thought that what I was was valuable. And actually, the older I get, the more I realize what impact it has. It makes people feel good about themselves. It makes people want to be around me. It wants to make people work with me. People love working with me because I am intense, but it's a hell of a lot of fun, right? And so, so that breeds really trust, you know, it trust does. that you're a real human being and you're accessible. Totally. And to be confident that whatever you bring is good enough, you know, and so having personality, having fun, it is good enough, even in a serious environment. I mean, we always used to say at SAB, 
we sell beer for goodness sake. We're not saving anybody's lives, you know? And so it's okay. Um, confidence. So, so, so that's the first one. The second one is consistency. And for me, that is such an important thing because that's really the thing that builds trust. People knowing that you will consistently value the same things or that you will consistent, you will behave in a consistent manner. You know, there's nothing worse than a leader having a one-on-one -on -one with you and saying certain things. And then they go out into the open and there's something else. You're like, I can't trust this person. Which person is it? And generally what you do is you trust, you, you mistrust. So you won't say, oh, no, but they told me this in private. So that must be true. You're like, mm, I don't trust this person. So consistency is super important. And lastly, courage. Um, being authentic is being comfortable with being uncomfortable mm -hmm. and, you know, doing things that are not expected always. Like sometimes being authentic is easy, but most of the time it's really difficult because you have a point of view and you need to put that, that uh, point of view forward. Um, but it pays off, right? It pays off because at the end of the day, you, you are who you are. And generally people like people that are authentic. Well, if they can trust how you're going to show up, it makes it easy. You know, totally. they can make a decision around that. They can make a choice mm -hmm. around that. Totally. And in a world where there is so much flux and change and so much disruption, I think if you can show up consistently as a brand of one that stands for something and that something doesn't change, uh, and yet you're still flexible and adaptable, you know, that's the kind of person people want to be around right now. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. You know, what struck me about this conversation uh, were a number of things. Firstly, you said motherhood has been transformational. And I think so many women who are climbing the corporate ladder wonder whether being a mother is a good or a bad thing. You know, does it help or hinder them? And I love the word you used that it's transformational because you are learning as much about yourself as your children are teaching about your, uh, teaching you about yourself at the same time. Um, and it gives you a completely different perspective on the world. And I loved the way you talked about the fact that you share with your children how you are in a constant state of overcoming inner challenges, that you're not always perfect, and that you're a very, very real person. And then you said that your best career move is who you marry and mm -hmm. that your husband is one of the people who is a mirror for you, who keeps you honest. And I think you're a, an incredibly fortunate person to be in that position. You also said you have to understand the environment in which you live, in which you work, in which you perform, and that you have to have a consistent reputation and that you have to own that reputation and it needs to be values driven and you were also vulnerable enough to share that you also suffer from imposter syndrome from time to time that you're constantly having to overcome that little voice in the back of your head but that it doesn't stop you from showing up as the best professional you can be at any given time 
and that you don't leave your personality behind at home, that you truly do bring your whole self to the table. Do you have a final piece of advice for our listeners to help them to win at both work and life? Um, yeah, the main thing is never compare yourself to anybody or anybody's journey. You know, and I, and I hear so many people and just, you know, kind of hearing what you said, you know, kind of playing back, I was thinking, oh, am I saying that you have to be married? No, I'm, I'm not saying that. You know, I'm just saying who you partner with yes. or who your closest ally is, is probably one of the most important decisions you make. So I think never compare yourself um, to anybody and take inspiration where it comes from. You know, don't try and be me. Don't try and be Nikki. Don't try and be who your mother expects you to be. Try and be the best person that you can be. And often that is more than good enough. I love that. So I'm going to finish off by saying thank you, Andrea, once again. And to sum up this conversation is please be more you. And to our listeners, I would love to hear your takeaways from this podcast with our inspiring guest today. Drop your comments in the chat below or email me at info at nickybush.com. And of course, please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues to empower them to win at work and life too.